2: welcome into the latest episode of the five on the floor podcast on the five reasons sports network make sure you check out our website five dot that's spelled out five dot and the other podcasts in our network five rings canes three yards per carry balls cast light-skinned opinions fantasy on five shulable and others and also big day for the five reasons sports network we did not exist about a year and a half ago and today we were fully credentialed to the Super Bowl We've got three credentials to Super Bowl week and the game which I guess makes us legitimate so I guess we're gonna to have to start acting professional but anyway I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network and that's East Coast Public Adjusters which wants to let you know there's only a few months left to open your Irma claim so call now before it's too late that's 855-GET-ECPA 855-GET-ECPA do you have a leaky roof experiencing plumbing issues those problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less. For a free, no obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years since the Miami Heat were formed. You see Ron Rosting there on TV? East Coast Public Adjusters has been around as long as Ron Rosting has been around the Heat since 1988. So here's the number again 855 get ECPA or visit their website ecpaclaims.com their knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions and now today's episode welcome to five on the floor
3: a miami heat and nba podcast from ethan Skolnick with albond sydney aka alb954
2: brought to you by the five reasons sports network All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on five on the floor. Two different locations today. I am uh, in my apartment babysitting duties, so I did not make it down to the game tonight. Alex Toledo, you know, as Tropical Blanket, is at the game. You probably, if you're watching the post game on Fox Sports Sun, you heard him ask a question of Eric Spulcher about Derek Jones Jr. Alf Sidney is drunk somewhere, so that, you know we don't know where he is. He didn't show up. But Alex, um, five topics we're going to get to today. We're going to start with Goran Dragic, but first, general impressions of this game.
3: I mean, this one was something that, you know, we all saw coming. Uh, It was going to be another home blowout. This is probably the most boring one so far. And that's saying something because they've had a pretty great win margin at home. It was everything we expected, right? Jimmy took three shots. Uh, It was cool seeing Goran back. It was cool seeing Derek Jones Jr. put on a dunk contest of his own. But overall, they did exactly what they were supposed to. And they were able to pretty much blow out the Knicks from start to finish with Jimmy only taking three shots. So, yeah, everything's still running pretty smoothly over here.
2: Yeah, I mean, watching that one, Alex, you know, like you said, the expectation was they'd come home and blow out that team. That team is an abomination. It is just – I mean, I do they need seven power forwards? I, is, that to, is it totally necessary? Like, I feel like there's guys on that team who could help other real NBA teams. Oh, for sure. The- I
3: was literally talking about – that exact point right Nix media members talking about how they might be able to get some draft picks at the trade deadline for marcus Morris, ellington maybe bobby portis
2: julius randall i mean yep. I almost said julius randall that means we're in miami um, that's, yeah, no, that's
3: if the Heat were trading for him
2: right exactly be julius randall yeah i mean they have functional <laughs> players but i mean it's the worst constructed roster I've ever seen it's like they didn't get who they wanted after they traded Porzingis, so it's just like let's just throw a bunch of guys. Like there's names on that team that I did not think were still in the league. Like it's just I, I don't know what they did there. And of course it's Bobby Portis who is rising up the random scrub heat, heat killer ranks, who ended up giving them the most trouble tonight. Which reminded me of that game he had for Chicago. But I, but the other thing that, that struck me, and I don't want to focus too much on the Knicks tonight, but you know I'm watching Kendrick Nun. Okay. And then I'm watching, uh, you know, Frank, I can never pronounce his last name on the Knicks, and also Dennis Smith Jr., who they picked up cheap from Dallas right after he was a top five pick. I'm watching these two top ten picks, and Kendrick Nunn is kicking their asses. And it's just, it's remarkable to me. It's like, are other organizations so much worse than the Heat? Like, if Kendrick Nunn ended up with any other organization, do we ever hear from him? Right. That's I mean, a great maybe question. It, right. Unless it's Toronto or San Antonio or some organization like that. Like, do we, I mean, Golden State couldn't figure out what to do with that.
3: And it's also right. the circumstances, right? Like he wasn't even supposed to be in the rotation until the, all the stuff with Dion happened, mm-hmm. you know, then they had some injuries and more time for him to really get some reps. But you're, you're completely right. Your point is, has been made. Like he was out there and he clearly looked like the best prospect out of all the, you know, top 10 draft pick point guards that the Knicks have had there that aren't really doing anything. Like, you you name them all. They've got them all there. they got Alfred Payton, and you name Tilakina. They've got yeah, Dennis Smith Payton, Jr., right. and they're all like, ugh, who's, who's the best out of those three? Who's the worst out of those three? I honestly don't know. Kendrick Nunn is obviously better than all of them, though.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, Derek, Dennis Smith Jr., if you, if you didn't know that he was a lottery pick, and you just watched him, you'd think he was the guy that got called up from the G League on a two-way contract. Like, he's athletic, but he can't do anything else. And Frank can't has no offensive skill set. Like, I mean, Heat fans are upset at justice. Frank's got no off. I mean, he's got He's got a defensive skill set. He's got no offensive skill set and Alfred Payton. We know what Alfred Payton is. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Like how, you know, and I know Kendrick had the issue in college, but but still I just wonder, is that everybody missing? Or is that development? Or, I mean, you just wonder, there are certain guys that go to the Knicks. Like is RJ Barrett like destined to fail now because he went to the Knicks? Like, are we ever going to know if he's good? Like, I mean, second season for Kevin. We Knox. definitely didn't find out tonight. No, we did not. And, and, and think, look at Kevin Knox. Like, I mean, he showed some. One presence. of 10 for R.J. Barrett. <laughs> right. And Kevin Knox has gone completely backwards this year. He's averaging half the points. He's shooting a lower percentage. I'm just wondering if Kevin Knox is drafted by the Heat and Bam Adebayo is drafted by the Knicks. What happens, right? Like, I, 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 I Knox you know, is on the all star team. I don't think that's on the all star team, <laughs> right? Exactly, Knox might be right. I mean, Bam I, is out I, of the league. I mean, if Duncan Robinson is in New York, like, I mean, he's booed off the stage, like, in the first three minutes, right? Look at during preseason, you never hear from him again. I, I it, it, a lot of this is, it's like, you know, we, we talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, what you're born into, it's like heredity versus like environment, right? Like, a lot of this in the NBA is. Is environment. I talked to Seku Smith about that on our, on the podcast here. Like, just certain organizations where guys have a chance to get better, and certain organizations where they don't. But anyway, I don't want to talk about the Knicks anymore; they're not worth it. Uh, well, obviously, that was not. Physical That's form. our nature versus
3: nurture talk on five on the floor.
2: Thank you very much. Exactly, <laughs> sponsored by the Science Channel. Um, but let's let's get to a bit of news I have uh, before we get to Dragic, who I want to touch on tonight. Um, I think one thing you should look at with Dion Waiters, based on some information that I've gotten here is I think there's a strong possibility that he's going to end up playing some G League games. I've heard that from two different people. Tonight. Oh, man. Um, now, I will say if I had it stronger, just if I had it stronger, I would write it. Uh, and I do still feel like there's slightly different standards here. But I'm just saying I, I would be on the lookout for that possibility. I think that might be a way for everybody to kind of save face here and give Dion a fresh start. Because if Dion accepts the G League assignment, it's a a sign of goodwill on his part, of good faith. And if he goes there and he looks good, like he looks in shape and healthy, then that could help the heat down the road, right? Even if it's against G League competition, this is really about what Dion's game looks like, what his body looks like. And so him, if he goes down there and, and is efficient, racking up 22 points a game, whether or not he gets back up to the big club right away or not, it, it might make it a little easier to move him. So I'm just telling Heat fans, be on the lookout for that. I don't have it 100%. I thought I did earlier today. <laughs> didn't by the time we podcasted. Are, it's are the, something are to the look Sky Force going to have a
3: big three of Dion, JJ, and KZ Akpala? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe. Well, JJ didn't play again tonight, right? No, uh, JJ. He, was, he was
3: in the locker room. He's out there for emotional support. He's He's... he's that, Country. He was in a great mood. He was over there singing with Derrick Jones Jr. He's just a team guy.
2: Well, he is. I mean, he was a team guy. That's why he got all that money. I, you know, you pay a lot for a team guy, but they've got a team guy, Myers Leonard right now. We'll see if they pay him. Yeah. I think by the, the way, answers. he looks
3: good. James Johnson, like, he does not look that big to me at all. Like, he looks like he's in game shape, even though he isn't He looked playing.
2: that way, Alex, when we talked to him on media day back in late September. He well, I'll just say that there was a shade.
3: difference in the way that I saw him on media day and the way I saw him in the locker room post game. Uh, <laughs> he uh, had his well, shirt off and he uh, looked good. So, you know, all right, all right, look good. All right, he looked good. All right, so we'll see
2: if maybe he gets back <laughs> on the rotation. All right, let's get to uh, a, a few themes we want to get to tonight. We're going to blow through these a little quicker than we typically do because you're exhausted and it's a Friday night. Uh, Goran Dragic. And I got six more uh, hours of work after this. Well, exactly. If you need a lift, uh, just punch up Alex Toledo. Uh, Goran Dragic tonight, to me, that was the only thing that mattered for the Heat was how he looked, and he looked fantastic. Like he he wasn't limited at all by the groin injury. He was getting to his spots. Still that thing with that crossover or that sort of step back where nobody guards him. Um, he he looked great with the lob passing. We haven't talked enough about that. Like, when did Goran learn, learn how to throw a lob? Because I, I feel like
3: <laughs> whenever I, he's I, on the floor with Derek Jones Jr., he just masters it. Like not even with Bam. Like he's had some cool alley-oop attempts to Bam, but him and Derek Jones Jr. They just mesh so well together. Every time he had one together, Silva,
2: he had one to Silva tonight too. Uh, True. And I, I'm just wondering where this came from because this was one of the issues with Goran was he was not a great lob thrower. It was culture is a, a gradual process. I guess. Um, but Dragic was terrific tonight. You see what he brings, right? I mean, he, he, he changes the whole energy with the second unit. He's competent. All right. He's competent. And he, and I thought the other thing that him being back tonight did, I thought Tyler Harrow played really well tonight, really well, like did a lot of little things. Well, I thought he guarded well. I thought he, in the opportunities he had for rebounds, he did that well. Um, he was in the right place at the right time as a, as an open shooter, Always knows exactly
3: running. when to shoot and when to pass. Hero has he already, does. like, mastered that. It's pretty insane, given that he's 19 years old. And I'm, we're going to be repeating that all year because that's what you do when you have a really good player at 19 is say that he's 19. But, yeah, he's advanced at, at his age for what he does. Like, none is getting better at it, but it's obviously – that's where Hero stands out from yeah, the rookies. He just has a
2: natural feel for the game. And, but I, I think having Goron in there to run the second unit – you know, we didn't really talk about the hero effect. We talked about Jimmy and being able to keep Jimmy's minutes down, which is great. But I, the other thing, and by the way, the Goron-Jimmy love affair is one of my favorite things about this team. I've talked about it on the pod Jimmy worships Goran. I've been told oh, to yeah. everybody around Jimmy, and you could see tonight, like he was giving him a hard time. I know Spo talked before the game about how Jimmy went out to watch him. Goran work out yesterday, and it was all. <laughs>
3: I just, I, yeah, he was in the, he was gushing about him in the locker room tonight as well. He was talking about how much he missed Goran. He's like, oh, I haven't seen I didn't see my guy for seven days. I was just happy to see him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're in love. It's cute. Um, I, they've been from the very beginning, and it's it's a cool thing. I, they actually bonded over soccer, as I said on the podcast, but there's real respect there. And Another
3: clip going up soon, by the way, now that you mentioned soccer, about Jimmy holding up uh, his soccer jersey and kind of taunting Goran a little bit during press. But your point about Hero is a good one because I think it takes Hero from having to do all the on-ball, one-on-one shot creation stuff, which isn't something that I think he could do on a consistent basis as a 19-year-old. Versus NBA players, I think Goron takes off a lot of that pressure, and it he gets Hero back into his natural shooting guard position, where he's coming off of curls and you know coming off of screens, and somebody else is initi- initiating action. He's just advancing it or finishing it, and I think that's the perfect role for him.
2: Yeah, I think so. And and you know we talk about none. You know things don't come as naturally to none, but I think some of the study for none has really helped. He's making better decisions with the passes. Alpha's talked about that. Uh, you can see the progress. But you said Hero came in with it right away, and I think the only thing that's limited him has been playing him out of position. You know, he's really a natural, too, and, and he's had to play kind of a combo position because they haven't had Dragic, and now they don't have to do that. So great to see. He Juan was pretty much the there. backup point guard, right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't have anybody else. Right. I mean, there, there wasn't anybody. I mean, none or him. Right. One of the two rookies. But, um, you know, it wasn't ideal. All right. So Dragic looked terrific. Let's get to Jimmy uh, here real quick. I mean, it's fascinating. They score 129 points. He takes three shots. Um, he ended up with nine points. He was two for three from the field. I so they had
3: seven guys in double digits
2: and Jimmy was not one of them. Jimmy was not one of them. But <laughs> that's incredible. But, but But let's get to this point on him. Um you know, there have been certain games where he's been more aggressive and his shot has looked flat. You know, and I you know, I that's why I've said having Dragic back was gonna help him get his legs back a little bit. Tonight he really didn't see him shoot. But there are some times it's almost like he's making a point, like not, not making a point like Kobe used to make a point when he was pissed at his teammates so he wouldn't shoot. Remember, he would like, you know, he's like, I'm not shooting, okay? And he's like, I'm going to my. Room. I thought you were going
3: to say the opposite, but then I forgot what we were talking about.
2: No, but it was both. He would do both, right? Kobe would either – it was one way or the other. He would either jack up 35 shots because he didn't trust any of them or he'd say, okay, you guys don't want me doing that? I'll take five shots. I mean, he, he would go whole quarters without shooting. I don't think Jimmy's doing that because he loves his teammates. But there were two other instances tonight. We've talked about these where he was under the basket. He had a layup. It's like just, just put it up, Jimmy. Like, do we need to? I mean, what? He's not trolling for assists. That's not what it's about. Okay, LeBron used to do that some. No, I think it's straight up. It's straight up his version
3: of load management. Like he's not gonna. The need isn't there for him to create for himself every single time. The need isn't there for him to score every single time. The Knicks are probably the worst team in the league pretty easily. And they got into a rhythm from the start of the game. The, the ball was whipping around. Guys were hitting shots. And the need was just never there for Jimmy to take that many shots. He knew it. And this is something that I feel like we've seen so many times in these home games. And maybe not to this extreme, but this is definitely Jimmy's version of load management, where he's just, he's not going to be that guy every single minute that he's out there on the floor. He's going to be a playmaker. He's going to be a team guy. And he's going to score whenever he feels he's needed to score.
2: Well, that's true. And I think he does make the determination early in the game. I would just – there are certain situations, whether you're load managing or not, you've got to lay up under the basket, take it, right? I mean, he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody anymore. We know he's a team guy, right? He's so tired. He took so
3: long just to even – like. Take a shower after the game was over.
2: <laughs> that's become one of my favorite things. Actually, is him trying to figure out what he's gonna get up from his locker stall. And, See, and that's where like, that's where he gives it away. It. He knows
3: he's a star. He knows he's a star because that's that's like a that's a star thing to do, right? Like you're the one with Very the experience diva. in the locker rooms.
2: Right, right. No, the, it's it's a little diva, but I mean, it's it's a, Jimmy had a reputation for always being last um, to come talk to the media. Carmelo Anthony had that reputation for years, and Bam
3: totally tricked media. him tonight into into jimmy doing the press stuff early on like bam had already told him oh yeah i'm already done with my media they're just waiting for you all of us are just waiting there everybody else has already spoken and, bam and uh, they again. got jimmy to speak and bam had not gone yet <laughs>
2: that's great that's great all right let's get to uh number three here on our list Derek jones jr um we see the growth every game, right? And, I mean, the elevator stuff, that's part of what he's doing. But defensively, you asked the question, too, about him as more of a role man. I love watching Eric respond to your questions because they're good questions. He hates <laughs> revealing strategy in any way. You're always always—you're always kind of probing him with one little strategy piece to it, and he's become so good at this over the years with anybody who actually asks him a strategy question because, to be honest with you, a lot of the beat guys do not, Okay. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's just they don't. No, they just
3: know better than me to ask something like no, that. They're no, no, it's not back really. A they, response they, they that deflects. And,
2: and this is no this is no uh, not to disparage any of them, but the roles are the roles different. It's more about cranking stuff out on deadline. And so obviously we're in a little bit of a different position. You know, obviously he's gonna get a, a strategy question from Cooper Moorhead, but Cooper works literally for the team. So he knows there's a trust there and, you know, Coop understands what's going on, but he's also not going to put anything out there. The team doesn't want out there uh, in terms of strategy. Him and Nikias are just the
3: best at analyzing what they do on the court and that strategy aspect that you're talking about. They're incredible.
2: No, that's no, true. And when Nikias asks spoke questions, he gets a similar response to you because it's like, he doesn't want, Spo just doesn't want to give that stuff away. You've got, but you're, you're trying and I, I appreciate that. Um, So you asked him and he didn't really respond to it just that he talked about DJJ getting better and building off of what
1: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues and other personal needs. So your plan works for you. Dot com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Last year, let's have an honest conversation about this before we go to break. Though everything with this team is put in the context of Justice Winslow for some reason, right? Justice is still out. DJJ has a contract situation coming up. Let's do this in less than a minute before we get to some other topics. Has the way that Derrick Jones Jr. played over the past two weeks made you feel any differently about whether or not Justice Winslow is the long-term piece here as opposed to Derrick Jones Jr.?
3: See, so this is a very good topic by you. I really like this one. It's probably my favorite topic of the night because you can kind of go both ways on it because – Derek Jones Jr. and his defensive value and the fact that now they're finding ways for him to be effective on offense. He's starting to hit his open threes. They're using him as a role man, like we talked about. And he fits the cutting system that they use on offense. Because if he's cutting, watch out. like He just might dunk over you. But his defensive value makes justice somewhat expendable. Like if you are looking to upgrade at any point in this season. Not that I think they should. But let's say they do want to look into somebody else, like a Drew Holiday, the hot name that's been out there. Justice, kind of, if you have to throw him in the package, you might be not that angry because Justice' defensive value, his the most important thing he does on defense, is being able to guard big wings, and that includes threes and fours specifically. And D.J.J. has been doing just a great job at that. So D.J.J. you know that value that he has is making Justice somewhat expendable. But at the same time. I want to see Justice come back and fit right back into this bench lineup that he was playing in before with Goran, with Kelly, with Tyler, and with Derek Jones Jr. Because I think Goran and Justice playing off of each other, I think uh, Derek Jones Jr. playing as a role man next to Justice is going to be good for the both of them because they're shooting, I mean, all around on the floor. So I want to see how it looks when it returns. But he definitely, there is a, an aspect of ex- expendability now on defense mm. with the two of them.
2: That's interesting. Now you mentioned this bench lineup. If we're going to assume that Justice is going to come back to the bench, and I think that's what's going to happen now because the starting lineup has been so effective, and it seems to be what Eric wants to roll with. Those and are now, two
3: great units, by the way. Well, with, that's so, okay. So, so are,
2: so are we looking at? Okay, so are we? If, if that's the five man unit, let me repeat it. It's Olenek, uh, Derek Jones Jr., Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic, and Tyler Hero with Silva then moving back to 11th guy, right? James Johnson and Dion out of the picture, and then you've got Haslam. Yep. Um, if, if that's what you're looking at, that first thing, that five-man unit is better than the, Heat, than the Knicks starters. That's better. It's actually it's better than the Bulls starters. It's better than the Knicks starters. It's better <laughs> than Atlanta starters, probably. Uh, it's, it may be better than Detroit starters. It's right there with Detroit starters. It's better than Cleveland starters. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. I mean, it, that bench unit probably makes the playoff in the East as a starting unit. I mean, if you're talking, again, those five guys. If that's what we're talking about here, though, we've got to look at Justice in a slightly different context. I mean, we went into the season talking about Justice Winslow being the point guard of this team. 30 to 35 minutes a game, right? All the progress that he made. And now we're having a conversation about him coming off the bench. And what's interesting about that is one of the issues we thought was going to be how were Dragic and Winslow going to play together. And we're basically putting them together, right, on the bench with Tyler Harrow. Now you get spacing with Harrow between them, which is great. And we've seen Dragic and Winslow connect better, I think, than they did last year. And so that looked promising. But it is it does put Justice in a different context. It's a lot different when you're talking about trading a guy and I'm not in favor of trading him unless you get somebody that you really, really like, and that's not going to compromise you for 2021. But it is different when you're talking about a 30 to 35 minute starting point guard who you're trading, who's one of the faces of your team to trading a guy who's the second ball handler first or second, but probably second behind Goran Dragic on the second unit of the team. Alex, like that's a, that's a different conversation. And if that's the case, If that's where he's going to be, at least for the time being, then maybe Pat looks at it and says, okay, can we afford to lose that? Because it's different than affording to lose your starting point guard.
3: Yep. I think you've got a point there, especially if, you know, from what we've heard, Bam is untouchable. Tyler Hero is untouchable. Uh, I've been arguing the point that they should make Duncan Robinson untouchable (laughs) because
2: it's an interesting conversation. Yeah.
3: <laughs> He's been amazing. But yeah, if you're, I'm, I'm halfway joking about Duncan, but if you're prioritizing Bam and Hero, the guys that come next, like if you're trying to give up young assets in a trade for a win now move, the guys that come next are Justice and Kendrick Nunn. Right. Right. And, but at the same time, though, I think Spo doesn't look at him the way that you do. I think he looks at it, uh, like I mentioned before, as having two very good units out there that he can go to every time when the team is healthy. And I think he's doing a great job of maximizing the guys that he has on this roster because at all times he's got units with shooting, with guys who can create, everybody can pass, uh, there's defense. Like both units feel perfectly balanced out. And I think Spo looks at just as, yes, a point guard, but more than that, somebody who's going to fit wherever he needs them to, right? And I think off the bench, you know, he's sharing the ball with Goron, but he's still out there to be the point guard. And I think it makes a lot of sense to – You know, give it some time and see what it looks like over a bigger sample because I have pretty high hopes for that bench lineup. I really like the the idea of Derek Jones Jr. as a role man with Goran and Justice, Kelly and Tyler spacing for those guys. I think that's a pretty deadly
2: unit. Well, it's the best bench shooter in the league. I, don't, I mean, I don't even think we need to go through the others to talk about. There's a few that are pretty damn good. Toronto's good. I think the Clippers, Clippers. are really good. Yeah, Clippers, Clippers with are... Lou and
3: Montrezero is, yeah, is probably pretty, the other one.
2: Pretty damn good, right. Yeah, the Clippers are pretty good. I think they're the best team in the league, honestly. Well, ultimately, they're going to they're gonna prove to be the best team in the league. I mean, they're load managing right now, right? So I, I think once the playoffs start, that looks different. But, yeah, I mean, I just think with Justice, you know, we keep having this conversation about him. He's got to get back on the floor soon, though, because otherwise, you know, I, again, I think the role slips and slips and slips as he goes forward. As these other players, the
3: clock are, is ticking. February is going to be here before you know it.
2: That's right, and remember, the trade deadline is sooner.
3: Yep, that's true. And yep. it, it makes sense what you're talking about because Derek Jones Jr., like you alluded to before, is going to be a free agent this summer. They kind of have to know what they're going to do with him before trade deadline, or else you kind of let him walk for nothing, which not the biggest loss in the world, but you would hope to have some sort of plan with that. You either uh, put them as a part of a trade package, help consolidate if you feel like you need to, or you re-sign them at a hopefully under $10 million a year deal.
2: But well, I, well, I wonder Alex, when we get to, when we talk about this more, I wonder if the cost psychologically, what you spend to get something in life, in anything, uh, affects, you know, how willing you are to part with it. Right. And so, uh, so let's look at the three pieces that, you know, we've talked about as possible sweeteners to trades. And you mentioned them justice, DJJ and Kendrick Nunn. Well, Derek Jones, Jr. You got for nothing, right? I mean, because Phoenix of all teams, of course, this gets back to it. If he was still in Phoenix, he'd probably be out of the league. Okay. I mean, at the, you know, because he, he wouldn't, that organization wouldn't have developed him. Be dugging on some Europeans. Right. They got him for nothing. Okay. Hedrick Nunn, they got him for nothing. Justice Winslow, they invested the 10th pick in the draft. I, I wonder, at, at a certain point, that doesn't matter, right? But but for a while, it does, because it's we gave this up. We used this asset, this chip, to get this player, whereas we gave up nothing to get that player and that player. So you're going to naturally, it's like anything in life, anything you spend more on, you're going to want to hold on to that, right? And so I feel like that's where they've been with Justice. But at a certain point, like I said, it's, if he's not available, it's not going to matter anymore. That's the thing. And so then then it just becomes, okay, what are we paying for this guy? What will we need to pay for that guy? Kendrick Nunn's cheap as hell, right, for the next two years. And then they can sign him over the cap if they sign him last. So Does that include so, this season when you said two years? Yes. So two okay. years and then the bird rights, right? So so him. Derek Jones Jr., there'll be a cost, but the cost is probably going to be less than the justice cost, even though the justice cost is affordable. Right. So, you know, you may look at it, but, but the thing is, if you, I I agree with your point, I don't want to dwell too much on this tonight, but I agree with your point that you have to kind of know more about Derek Jones Jr. Before you make the decision on justice, because if if you feel like Derek Jones Jr. Can do it, then justice has value to you in another way, which is getting you your third star. (laughs) And that's so, because we, they have two right now. Yes. Yes, that's right. So, So according to Jimmy, they only have one. Well, according to Jimmy. And then, you know, and then Jimmy says, you know, these motherfuckers forgot I could play. I mean, Jimmy, it depends on the day, whether or not Jimmy thinks he's a star or not. But Jimmy thinks he's a star. He's just he's playing it down. But yes, they have Bam and they have Jimmy. So they're going to have a and we may be having a conversation in about a year on who the number one star of those two is. Because I think the way Bam is trending, it may be Bam soon. If it's not, it's pretty It's funny you say that.
3: Because I think Zach Lowe said it uh, when he was on with Wojnarowski, if I remember correctly, on on Low Post podcast, that he thinks that Jimmy is their best player, but that Bam is their most valuable. Which is the exact same mm-hmm. conversation uh, you've been having over the past couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, well, well, Zach and I have thought alike on. I will say this: if there's one NBA writer in the country that I want to think like and be on the same page as in terms of opinions, it's him. And, and the Caius, the, and, and the <laughs> of course. And the only the only national guy in the country who was as high on the Heat as I was was Zach Lowe. And I, I know we're going to go back to that comment that Zach Lowe made about they had the bleakest future in the league. He jumped the gun on that a little bit. I thought they had a bleak future too. I didn't know that Pat was going to pull Jimmy Butler out of a hat. The okay. whole
3: league did. Like he fans right. acting like they're so mad at Zach Lowe. When, first of all, Zach Lowe was constantly praising the organization. That was the yes. only negative comment. I can remember from him because I listened religiously to that podcast right. and he is always saying good things about the hate, about the way they play, about the development system, you know, the defense first mentality and how they do the, everything the right way. I think it's a little bit overblown. I think at that time you can, as an outsider, you can look at their situation in the roster and the way that things had played out with bad circumstances and, and make that argument just because of the young cores of other teams stepping up. And we hadn't really seen those Huge leaps from our guys, yeah, from the Heat guys. But now that, you know, Bam had taken this leap a year earlier, I don't think people are saying. Right. I think it's just a matter of circumstances, bad timing, and, you know, old takes exposed.
2: Yeah, t- be the best of us. Old takes exposed. Yes, right. The best of us. All right. We're going to, we'll, we got one more topic to get to tonight. First, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can check them out at onecalllegal.com. Spell it out, O N E call legal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to answer all of your questions. And they handle all kinds of cases from all over the state. So personal injury, traffic tickets, uh, immigration, anything else, they will handle your case at the Seltzer Mayberg law firm. They're based right here in North Miami, right off of I-95 going North right before you hit the golden glades, which probably take you 45 minutes to go three exits. So just come say hello. They're over between 103rd and 119th street right off of I-95. We share an office with them too. Great people, very personal touch. They've taken care of a couple of traffic tickets for me and for others of my friends, but that's not all that they do. So onecallegal.com, Seltzer, Mayberg Law Firm. All right, quick topic here. Before Monday, the Heat host Utah. There was a lot of regret from Heat fans that they couldn't jump up and take Donovan Mitchell a couple of years ago. They took Bam out of bio. There were some, you mentioned Nakias Duncan, not so high on Bam out of bio. I had, I didn't know what to think of Bam out of bio one way or the other, except that when I talked to some heat people that night, they were ecstatic. They said, this is the guy we identified all along. You hear that all the time. We heard it about Tyler hero this year. Teams say that. Heard it about KZ early. as well. You, well, I, I want to see him too eventually, but with Bam out of bio, the one thing I was told was they did more research on him than any previous draft pick. And, someone inside the organization referred to him as the anti Hassan. Like that was the highest praise they could give him. I told you what they thought of Hassan. <laughs> the highest praise they could That's give funny. him was, was his work ethic and everything else. Um, and so, you know, we've seen now Bam take a couple of sort of social media shots at Hassan. I don't think it's really a, that the, it's a terrible relationship or anything, but it's just he's done it. But now we look back at this and we say right now, if they were both on the board, Alex who would you take? Because Donovan was not on the board. He was gone, one pick before. If they were both on the board, looking at the long-term future, do you take the elite two guard who people were comparing to Dwayne Wade but had sort of a fallback season last year, was okay on the U.S. team, not great, uh, or do you take this center who is basically running point guard tonight and defending everybody?
3: I mean, it's a serious conversation now. Like, We kind of joked about that a while ago, but it's for real now. At this point, you got to figure out who impacts the game more. And with hindsight, obviously Donovan Mitchell has done more over his three years in the NBA than Bam has. But at this point in time, knowing what we know about the both of them, there's a very good case to pick Bam. And I think, like, you look at some things, right? Like, I pulled up the numbers on basketball reference from this season, and just Bam – uh, per 100 possessions, averaging an assist and a half, more than Donovan Mitchell, who commands that whole offense in, in, in Utah. And just, like, you see things like that, and it's like, man, this guy is actually special. Like, And especially when you go and you watch the Utah Jazz the team that they're going to see next, you see a guy like Gobert who just makes his incredible defensive impact just from his size and knowing where to be and always contesting in the right way, never jumping up for blocks, uh, which we've seen here before. And, you know, Bam does all of that. Bam does all of the Gobert stuff. He doesn't have quite the same size and strength that Gobert does, but he's doing that. He's doing the playmaking. You know, he's still making mistakes, but the growth that he's shown there between the playmaking and the fact that he looked aggressive versus Philly, was driving past Embiid, hitting mid-range shots, hitting those floaters, which he's been excellent at this year. The growth is, is there, and there's still a lot more to go. So I think right now... I think I'm going, bam. I don't know what, what Mitchell's ceiling is like right now past what he's shown. Right. And I think we're still a lot further from
2: bam's ceiling. I, I think a lot of it is, is positional, right? I think that as great as Donovan Mitchell has the potential to be, and I still think that the, there's, a, there's an upside track for him, uh, I, I think you can find wings who can score. Uh, you can find those. I, I mean, they're hard to find in the sense of finding one that's that good, But you can find wings who can score. Um, Finding a big who's capable of doing all the things that Bam can do, as you said, to impact a game is very, very rare. I I don't, you know, and like I said, I don't think Bam has realized until recently how good he can be. And I think that's where we're at right now. And I think one of the things that Jimmy's done that has been so important this season is I think Jimmy has made Bam realize how good he can be. I think it's by, by simply by sort of, I don't know, putting the stamp of approval on him and then pushing him to do more and giving him that role. I think the heat kind of clearing out Hassan, like I said, and giving the minutes, I think now he knows how good he can be. And so I want to have this debate again. I don't want to push it too much. We're going to talk about it probably again after Monday night, but it's an interesting debate. But again, I want to let you know about ECPA. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. We always thank all of our sponsors for getting involved with us, but go check out ECPA. Claims.com or 855-GET-ECPA. If you've got a leaky roof experiencing plumbing issues, you got to file that IRMA claim because it's most likely covered by your insurance policy. Thanks for joining us. Alex and I, if Alf ever resurfaces, we'll be back with you this week. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network.